Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. Thank you, praise King. Thank you for reminding us to put it all in his hands. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This morning, as we continue in the series that we've been working on, living out your purpose and destiny in such a time of this. We are coming out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, out of the Amplified Classic, and it reads as such in our hearing. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. Some verses said that we are his masterpiece. Hallelujah. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths already laid out, which he prepared ahead of time, that we shall walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged, made ready for us to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since it's Father's Day, I want to tie Father's Day into this. So the title of my sermon this morning is The Purpose and Power of Fatherhood. Amen? Let us pray. Father, even now, Hmm. Lord, your spirit, hmm. Lord, your anointing, Lord, by your power, allow your word to go forth. Let there be a shift in our thinking, a shift in our understanding, a shift in our spirits. Lord, speak to us this morning. Encourage us this morning. Father, even now, Lord, even now, hmm, Lord, even now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are living in an age where fatherhood or being a father is not thought of as being important. If you watch TV shows, if you watch cartoons, whenever there is a father involved, many times the father is the joke. He's the one that is made fun of. He's the one that's not thought to be too intelligent. And over and over again, whether you know it or not, there is a, a subtle message being implied that fatherhood, being a father, is not important. That, 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 that mothers is, is better. I, I, don't get me wrong, I love mothers. My mother was awesome. Thank God for mothers. But if I look at God's work, both 
parents is important. Both of them are needed in order for the plan and purpose of God to be ultimately fulfilled. Hallelujah. Both mother and father represent a different character of God's nature. God, God is seen, his, his character is seen not only in the role of the father, but is seen also in the role of the mother. To be honest with you, that, that God, in, if we take God in his fullness, God is, is, cannot be boxed in as father or mother. He is so big that he had to divide himself up in male and female and expand his character to both. And a perfect picture of God is when a, a godly man and a godly woman, is, is husband and wife, is operating as one and their personalities and their characters is flourishing in that family and it creates an atmosphere where children are nurtured, where children are trained, where children are brought up in encouragement. It's, it's really after the character of God, our Father. Hallelujah. Let me tag into another text. Ephesians 3, 14 and 17 says, For this reason, seeing the, the greatness of this plan by which he built together in Christ, I bow my knees, I fall to my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, the Father whom all fatherhood derives its title. You know what he's saying? He said the ideal of fatherhood, the nature of fatherhood, the character of fatherhood comes from God. One of the verses that have always spoke to my spirit, and, and I have studied it for a long time, it is found in Malachi. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. There's four chapters, and it's in the first chapter, and it's in the last verse. Listen, the last book, the last chapter, the last verse. Malachi is a prophet, Old Testament prophet. And, it, and it's as though he is looking into the future. It's as though he's looking into our time. He is prophesying. He is prophesying about a time when, when fathers will quit being fathers. He is prophesying when the family has broken up and it seems like everything has gone haywire. He is prophesying when, when the established way that he has set things up is no longer being followed. Listen what he says. He, be, he says, behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. What he said is, I'm sending a spirit in the land. I'm sending a message in the land before Jesus come to bring judgment on the land. This is not the first coming of Jesus. This is before he comes to bring judgment because in that great and dreadful day. He said, he said, I will send a spirit, I will send teaching, and I will turn the hearts of the fathers 
back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the father. He said, if I don't do this, things will become so bad that I'm going to have to come and bring judgment occur on the earth. Guess what? I think that we are at this time, at this place, that if revival going to take place, and I'm praying for revival, if revival going to happen in, in America, in our neighborhoods, in the world, it's going to start with the family. He has to bring back the idea of fathers raising up and beginning to raise their children. That's what he said. He said, your heart will be knitted again. He said, this is purpose. This is calling. This is what somehow we lost this in many ways. Hallelujah. Look, can, can I say something that may be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe that the father is the one who seals masculinity in the sons and femininity in the daughters. Amen. It's not mama who sets femininity in the daughters. It's, it's, it's the father. Let me, let me can, can, can I prove that? Can I prove that? Number one, the sexes come from the father. He has the X and Y chromosome that brings about male or female. Can I go a step deeper? Mother, when you dress her up and your little daughter and comb her hair and put her on the dress, who she run to? She runs the daddy. And she trills in front of the dad and say, Daddy, am I beautiful? Listen, it's the father's place to set them, to, to pour into them, to, to do that which only a father can do. Where is the father's in the house? Where are the fathers in the house? I um, have to confess myself. I look back over me raising my son, and I have some regrets. I have some regrets, and, and it, not too long ago, I, I went to him. He's grown up, but I went to him, and I apologized. I said, Rick, I'm sorry that I wasn't there as much as I should have been. I wasn't accessible as much as I should have been. You know, sometimes you can get caught up doing what you think is important, but perhaps the most important thing you can be doing is right at home. Hallelujah. I thank God for his grace because what God did is that God added grace to my efforts that even in my mess up, that God, grace covered it. Listen, if you're trying to do it for God, God's grace will cover your mistakes. I know I'm right about it. My, my, my brothers, my fathers, let me, let me share something with you. I got in my hand an arrow. You see this? This is an arrow. It's Psalms 127, verses 3 and 5. And this is what it says. It says, children are a heritage. And if you go into the Greek, it don't say from the Lord. It says of the Lord, which means that our children are his. Yeah. He, we are stewards of, of his future. He wants generations to know him. He wants the next generation to be brought up in the fear and animation of him. 
So he said, it's his heritage, but he gave them to you. Watch this. He said, from the Lord, the fruit of the womb. He said, they are a reward, not a curse, not a problem. But of course, it goes on to say, he says, he says, he he goes on to say, he said, and they, they are like arrows. You know what you do with arrows? If, if because I don't have a bow, I can't aim it. You know what we got today? We got children who has not been set in a bow and has not been aimed. They don't have a revelation. They don't, they don't, have, they don't have a purpose. Whenever you don't have a purpose, you end up doing anything. Well, you don't see God in your life. I've had children call me up. I had younger nephew call me up and say, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Listen, God wants to set us, aim us, and shoot us where we need to be, what we need to be. Fathers, your purpose in your daughter's life, your purpose in your son's life is to put them in a bowl and a, a purpose and, and knowing him and shooting him. I said before, I didn't do everything right. The one thing that I tried to do was to make sure my son knew that God loved him. He was... I, he was in the carrier. He was in the crib. And I would whisper in his ear, God loves you. God loves you. He wasn't even talking. He was, he was, he was drinking a bottle. And, and later on, he told me, Dad, I remember you telling me that. I said, you can't remember. There's no way you can remember. He said, Dad, I remember you saying God loves you. I said, Brent. You wasn't, you was months old. You wasn't even a year old. And I used to whisper that in your ear. There's no way your mind can remember. And God let me know it's not in his mind. It got into his spirit. What are you speaking into your children? What are you speaking into their spirits? What are you saying to them? What, what, what words are coming? Be careful what you say. Hallelujah. We need to be directing them upward. Upward. Funny. My dad was a godly man. He was a good man. But it wasn't conversation with him. I hate to say this, but, but we would be in the living room playing. And when my dad came in from work and sat in his chair, we left the living room. I remember when I was... Um, Wowing out. <laughs> when I was doing everything I thought I was big and bad enough to do. I remember one night coming in, and as I was coming in, I was about ready to go upstairs, and I looked down the hallway. It was about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and my dad was on his knees. I didn't understand. I saw as I was coming up the stairs, he was getting up off his knees in prayer. I did not connect the picture until I started working on this sermon. And God said, Tracy, your dad was on his knees praying for you. There's some things you catch. There's some things 
that you catch from your parents. You, you catch their spirit. You catch them chasing God. The most important thing you can ever give is that you speak into their spirits. You speak into their spirits about who God is. I mean, listen, they're watching you. They're watching to see if what you say in church is the same thing you live at home. They're watching you to see how real your relationship is with God. Listen, there's one thing that you can't fool. Kids watch you when they, when you don't know they're watching you. They are listening when you don't even know they're listening. And they are connecting the dots to see if what you believe about your God is what you say. Does your, does your talk match your heart? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, my brothers and sisters, God wants relationship with us. You find this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Genesis is the book of beginning that if you want to find God's intended purpose, you find it in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 in relationship to man. And it says this, that God came down in the cool of the day. And in the text, what it refers to is God did this every day to spend time with Adam and Eve. There was no such thing as church. It was relationship. God came and visited them, and he downloaded them. You know, God, God is a bad God. He's an awesome God. And if you seek his heart, did you know God would download into your spirit? God will give you wisdom. Because I hear somebody, I hear a cry say, but, but Pastor, I, I didn't have a dad. My dad wasn't around. Guess what? You got a heavenly father that will show you how to be a father. He will teach you. If you seek him, he will download into you. He will give you what you didn't have and teach you how to be what you was never taught. Hallelujah. I know I'm right about it. Listen, listen, listen to Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, no re redemptive revelation of God, my people perish. They take off all restraints. They run wild. One of our greatest purpose, and I hear a lot of people say, what's my purpose? Our purpose starts at home. It starts with, with the people around us. Are you pouring in the people? Are you pouring God and revelation and encouragement into other people? Well, I don't have no children. How about your grandchildren? How about nieces and nephews? How about children around you? How about somebody? Listen, even grown folks need to be poured into. So my children's grown. Still reach out. Still text them that you love them. Still encourage them. Listen, listen. Our children will always be our children. Amen. They will always be. I remember, I thought it was funny at the time. But now I realize it's not funny. This man was talking about, he was driving his friend home. And his friend said, I'm so worried about my children. I wonder if they are dressing right. I, I wonder if they're dressing for the cold. He said he looked at his friend because his friend was 90 
and his children was in their 70s. Sounds silly, except from now I realize they're always on your heart. They're always your children. They may be grown, but, but you want more for your children than you want for yourself because they're your heart. They're your heart. Today, I'm asking God to set you in his bowl. You are an arrow in his hands. And if you ask God to set you in your, where you, and shoot you where you're supposed to go. God has destiny for you. He has purpose for you. And if you don't know what that is, I don't care if you're 50, 70, 80, ask God to set you in his bow. That you're the arrow and, and, and to release you towards the target he wants you to hit. God is up to something. And all this shaking and, and all this turmoil, God is releasing gifts. He's releasing talent. Some of you are going to be shaking into your purpose, into your calling. There's something rising up out of all this. Yeah, Satan's going to show his hand. But don't you know that God has a stronger hand? Don't you know that Satan is on a chain? If God says sit down, Satan sits down. If God said plays there, Satan plays there. Our God is just that awesome. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me hurry. Let me hurry. Because some of you, uh, uh, we're running out of time. Watch this. It is Proverbs 3, 3 and 8. It says, love, let love, faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. He said, let love be written there. Let faithfulness, starting with God, be written on your heart. He said, then you will win favor from, from, from men and from God. Hallelujah. He says, said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Look what it In all of your ways, I like the NIV because the NIV is more accurate. Submit. Say, yes, Lord. Whatever you got for me, whatever you have for me, I say, yes, Lord. Lord, I trust you. I trust your heart towards me. I trust that you're walking it out for me. I trust that. Even though I don't understand what you're up to, I know you're up to something. Is there anybody in the house that you feel like that God done left you, but he promised that he would never, ever leave you? He promised he still got purpose on you. I don't know about you, but I'd rather trust God and fail than to trust anybody else. And when you trust God, there is no failing. He will pick you up. He will come by your side. He will strengthen you. He will meet you at your point of need. I'm not talking about what I heard. I'm talking about what I know. Hallelujah. 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 It was funny that we read this verse all the time in John 14, and it says, in my father's house are many mansions. He said, hey, listen, listen. Now, hold on. He said, not in my father's houses, in my father's house are many mansions. Huh? When I went to Israel, what I discovered is 
is that the father will have the land, he, he will have the main house, and when the son got married or the daughter got married, and if they decide to live there and not with the relative of the relative, they will build a house connected to the main house. You know why? God our Father is all about family. So what he's saying is, my house is so big that you can have your mansion inside of the big mansion. <laughs> he said, because you're my children and we're not going to be separated anymore. Hallelujah. God is just that type of God. Someone asked me, because if you find it, I think it's John 14, not 14, but it's 13, somewhere in John. They don't have it. Don't look for it. John, the disciple, as they are at the table, is laying on Jesus' breast. And someone said, I don't understand this. I said, the problem, the reason why you don't understand is that you see the disciple as grown men. The truth of the matter is the only two that was over 21 was Jesus and Peter. Because when they went to pay taxes the, and Peter found the coin in the fish's mouth, the money was only enough to pay for two people. John was probably only 15, if that. Jesus was like his father. Can you imagine that Jesus turned the world upside down with teenagers? <laughs> Hallelujah. So John saw Jesus as the father, his father. So he's resting on Jesus. You know, the truth of the matter is, in God's eyesight, you're not grown. You're still small. He don't want you to be independent. He wants you to be dependent. And where we find our strength is when we rest in him, when we depend on him. See, my father been gone over 20 years, but I have learned that God is my father that he's the best thing that ever happened to me. See, when I saw my father praying, he taught me something. He taught me that I could cast all my cares upon him. He taught me that our God is a faithful God. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that we have a high priest that, that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was tested at all points like we are. He tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Come with your problems. Come with your situation. Cry to him. He don't want you to stay aloof of him. He wants you to come just like you are. Come messed up. Come tore down. I don't know about you, but I have learned that I can take all my cares all my hurts to my father. Oh, there's a picture in scripture. There's two pictures, then I'm done. God relates himself as being an eagle. Oh, yes, he does. A, a, a eagle that, 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 that takes care of us. The first picture is in Deuteronomy 32 and 11. 
And that picture shows us, or it talks about, that the mother eagle stirs up the nest, and when she stirs up the nest on purpose, she pushes the eaglet out of the nest. Now, the eaglet is falling, and it's trying to flap its wings, and it looks like it's not going to be good. But did you know that the father eagle is flying, and it's know that his baby hasn't caught on how to fly yet. So he swoops down and catches the eaglet on his back and taking back up to safety. I don't know about you. I've been falling. I've been falling to the ground. But God, my father, swooped down and caught me. He caught me right in the nick of time. Is there anybody out there that he stepped in that if he had not stepped in and caught you, you wouldn't be here today? Oh, he's good. Oh, he's awesome. He's a father that you can count on. He's a father that knows exactly what you need. Listen, he may knock you out of the nest, but he's trying to get you to spread your wings. He may knock you, but he will catch you before you hit the ground. He caught me. There's another picture. It's in Psalms 91. In Psalms 91, it's a Psalms of protection. It's a psalm that gives you a picture of how good he is. And it says in that that he will cover you under the shadow of his wing. The picture is that a storm is coming. The rain is coming. The wind is blowing. In case you didn't notice, eagles love the storm. When other birds run from the storm, the eagle flies into the storm because the eagle used the wind of the storm to get higher to the S-U-N. Somebody need to use the storm wind to get closer to the S-O-N. Get closer to Jesus. Use this pandemic. Use the racism that's all around us. Use the trouble that's in the land to get closer to the S-O-N. Jesus is waiting. Jesus is waiting. Let's get back. Let's get back. While one eagle is flying, the other eagle stays over the nest because it got eagles in the nest. And it will stretch its eight-foot wingspan over the nest. The hell is falling. But the babies in the nest don't feel the rain. The babies in the nest don't feel the hell. Why? Because his parent, his father, his mother has its wings covered and they hear the beat of the parent's heart. God has his wings stretched over you. Listen to his heartbeat. Watch him love on you. Watch him cover you. Watch him protect you. I love being up under his wings. There's safety there. There's rest there. There's help there. There's healing there. When trouble comes in my life, I get up under the covering of his wings. That's my safe place. That's my running place. That's my hideaway. That's my place I go to when trouble is all around me. I run.
covered? Are you covered? Do you know him? He's waiting for you to get up under his cover. He will stretch out and cover you where the trouble is on the outside. But his heart, his love, his presence is on the inside with you. Do you know him? His name is Jesus. Salvation is in Jesus. Your help is in Jesus. Your salvation is in Jesus. Calling, asking to let you in. He said, whosoever will, let him come. If you confess the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth and believe in your heart that he died and rose for you and you ask him to come in, he will come in and he will cover you. It's so good to be covered. Oh, it's so good to be covered. Today, if you have done that, if you what directions on how to do that? There's a number I want you to call. It's 513 413-451-31. Today, calling. Today, let him cover you. He will take care of you. He will swoop down and catch you. He's our father. And he loves you. Let me pray with you. Father, even now. Lord, I'm not talking about what I heard. I'm talking about what I know. You many times swooped down and caught me. And lift me up. Lord, you have spread your wings over me. In the hardest times of my life, you have spread your wings and there was insulation there. There was strength there. There was peace there. There was love there. Lord, you not only want to do that for me, but you do that for all of your children. Lord, we run now. We run to you. So far, somebody listening to my voice needs you to just cover them. Need you to just speak peace to them. Need you to heal them. Need you to meet them where they are. Lord, your presence. Lord, your comfort. Lord, your love. Even now, throughout this land, let them find their help in you. We run to the throne. Lord, Lord, meet 
help them. Cover them. For your glory, for your name's sake, we pray. Amen.